It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? Now there's a new team, and everybody's pretty much new, and I got their back. I want this thing to work. Everybody's got to get on the same page. JT the Brick. Yeah, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be last-second losses. There's going to be a draft pick that doesn't make the team. Whatever it is, it's Raider Nation. JT, thanks for having me on. Always great to catch up with you, and keep her going, okay? I'll talk to you soon, man. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. I'm excited to be on the radio every day. I get an opportunity to talk with you, interact with you. It's a blessing. We have a flagship for the Raiders. Let that be heard from London, where I'll be in two weeks. I'll see Crusader Raider and some of the London members of the Raider Nation. Quick trip to see the Rolling Stones out in Liverpool and Amsterdam. My wife's birthday gift after all these years of her having to be cooped up for her birthday for COVID. So we're going to hit the road there. Excited about that. But I'm excited to be here today because this is a big week in the Raider Nation. The Colin Kaepernick workout got global Global coverage for the Raiders. That's right in my wheelhouse. On top of that, the OTAs, the first media session with Josh McDaniels. Uh, Mad Max spoke yesterday. We're going to replay some of that. I didn't hear it. Uh, Max is my friend. I want to hear that with you again. We'll do that for some Friday program directing. And, wow, we got a big show. Vinny Bonsignor is going to join us here in about five minutes. So Vinny's going to recap where we are with the Raiders. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black, will join me. Very excited about that. In the Bay Area, Larry Kruger, longtime KNBR host and friend of the show on Kaepernick. He, he covered Kaepernick's career. And on top of that, the Warriors, as the Warriors are going to the NBA Finals. And we know a lot of Raider Nation is part of the Warriors. Dub Nation. I am not. But you are, and you listen, and you're more important than me. And then the voice of the Spurs, Bill Schoening. What a great guest and gentleman. He's got a new book out. He's an entertainer. He's a singer-songwriter. He's got four championship rings with the Spurs as the voice of the Spurs. And he's a great friend of mine, and he can go around the NBA. So that's what I got lined up. And your phone calls at 702-365-9200 as we open up and wrap up this week. There's a lot of exciting news that I got to keep here privately about the Cliff Branch August trip to Canton. Here's what I can tell you as a fact. It is the biggest Raider event in Hall of Fame history. Let me repeat that. Nothing against the other Hall of Famers. They're all great. They're all great. They're all equal. They're in Canton, Ohio in the Hall of Fame. This is the perfect storm. Mark Davis's best friend, large, large, overexpected turnout, and the Raiders are playing in the game. Okay, so that's my hint I'm giving you. Get to Canton. Drive if you're in the Midwest. Get a plane ticket. It's not going to get cheaper. It's a pain in the ass to fly back there. You got to go to Cleveland or to Akron, rent a car, do whatever you got to do, but you do not want to miss this. It will be a sea of silver and black because Mark Davis is making sure of it. So I'm really excited about that, and that's one of the things that are going to build this up this summer. And then we got training camp right around the corner with an improved roster, an improved roster, and really, we don't have to do this today, but do we all agree the team's better than last year? Yes or no? Pretty basic question. Damon, you can crack your mic. Uh, on paper, on paper, is this a better team that walked off the field in Cincinnati losing in the playoffs with 10 wins? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, like you said, there's no question about it. There's no question about it. But all good radio shows have a but. 
The Chargers are much better. The Chargers are on the verge. My dad, I keep talking about my dad's in town. My dad's a hell of a sports fan. He looks at me and goes, man, that Charger team's better, right? I go, yeah, dad, they are better. Kansas City, we're not allowed to talk about Kansas City. They kick our ass. They destroy us. What are we going to do? Start saying we're better than Kansas City? Have you lost your mind? Prove it. And then the big elephant in the room, the donkeys, everybody claiming they're a 10-win team because of Russell Wilson, they're much better. National morning host. Oh, I love when the national morning host always says, oh, the Denver's going to be great this year. That's like the kiss of death. Raiders beat Denver the last four times they played and got the coach fired. They got rid of players to get Russell Wilson, but all of a sudden that. So we have the Raiders better than last year, but we have the division better than last year. It's complicated, isn't it? It is. It's complicated, and there's no cupcakes other than the Texans game, and they'll slap me on the wrist if I ever say that again. You can never say an NFL game. The Jacksonville game would have been great to play Jacksonville last year, wouldn't it have been? Now you play them this year, and they got a brand-new team. And then the AFC West, I don't know if the Raiders are going to go 4-2, and 3-3. Three and three. If they go 2-4, and four, they could be in trouble. Vinny Bonsignor, kind enough to join us, the great Raider insider from Raider Nation Radio. And obviously the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Vinny, do you agree they're better on paper than last year, but the division's tougher and the schedule's tough, so it's tough to figure out where they're going to be? Yeah, no question about it. Uh, thanks for having me on, uh, JT. Uh, always a pleasure. Um, look, you could be better but not win as many games as you won last year. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. I actually think the Raiders are going to win more games than they did last year. But this division is so difficult, and the AFC in general – um, I think is a better top-to-bottom uh, conference than, than the NFC. Just because you're better doesn't mean you're going to win as many games as you did last year. But I will say this, JT, I, I agree with the premise. They are better than they were last year. And I, and I think that as opposed to Raiders teams of the past, um, wh- wherever they go uh, or whatever happens, it's not going to be a talent deficiency uh, that denies them. I really truly believe that most Sundays, if not every Sunday, they're going to be able to look their opponent in the eye, talent-wise, um, pretty confidently. And let's be honest, if we are being honest, that wasn't always the case uh, the last few years um, and, and most recently. There were times where, if you're being honest, you look at the Raiders roster, you look at the other team's roster, and you say, well, the Raiders are going to have to play over their heads a little bit. The other team's going to have to take a little bit of a step back. And if that happens, the Raiders have a chance to win this game. I think that they have eliminated that concern for the most part. And games now are going to come down to what games always come down to. Are you efficient in the red zone? Are you not turning the ball over? Um, are you, uh, you, you know, staying away from the silly and careless mistakes? And I think if the Raiders do that on a consistent basis, they're going to win a lot of football games this year. Uh, Vinny, I thought they were really buttoned up, mostly. Clearly, the head coach, Josh McDaniels, on the Kaepernick question, you could tell that that was the quick response, and it would try to kind of lessen the amount of questions that were coming. He's not on the team. He had a workout, and when he said – Dave Ziegler's brought in, quote, a ton of people to work out. I think that's a fair answer without opening up Pandora's box and doing 40 minutes of a press conference on Kaepernick, who's not on the team. Yeah, um, it would have been easy to go down that road. Um, You know, there's a lot to talk about with Colin Kaepernick, and everybody has feelings and thoughts about that uh, for various uh, reasons on, on various different levels. But Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are looking at their football team and they're looking at their roster, and for them... It literally is very singularly focused, uh, the situation, the deal, the whether or not they're going to sign Colin Kaepernick, and it's going to come down to a very fundamental question. 
does Colin Kaepernick make this roster better? Period. Exclamation point. There's nothing else that's going to come into this decision um, in terms of whatever drama he brings, whatever distraction it is, um, you know, any of that, good or bad. Um, you know, it, it, none of that is going to play into this. The decision is simply going to be, does he help this roster? And I, I, I think that that's where the Raiders are kind of working their way through right now. Um, maybe a decision has already been made. I don't know that uh, for a fact, but it's going to come down to that uh, and not only. Vinny Bonsignor, not only a Raiders insider, a great national insider. He was the guy that knew about the Raiders coming to Vegas, arguably before anybody. Uh, Vinny, just staying on the quarterback depth chart, Look, I don't know. You don't know. We'll be out of practice, and you're only going to see so much. But I like the move of Stidham to help Carr with the verbiage of the playbook. At a minimum, he's sitting next to Carr telling him about Josh McDaniel's verbiage, and that works out. We know what Nick Mullins has done in the past, especially against the Raiders. There's some good tape on him. So I wonder what you think it's going to be like. It's Carr's team. No one's going to compete for his job. He has that. But do you think this backup quarterback story is going to get a, become bigger and bigger over the next couple of months? Well, uh, one thing that, uh, that, that mitigates that a little bit is that, um, you know, when you talk about Derek Carr, you're talking about a physical uh, uh, phenomena. He doesn't miss games, period, exclamation point. Yes, he's missed a game here or there. Um, but he, he, it's, been, it's been rare that he's missed a football game. And even when he's hurt, and there are times where Derek Carr has been more hurt than he's ever let, let on. He's out there playing. Um, so that's, that's uh, a definite positive in, in, uh, you know, for him. And it also, you know, uh, on the surface, lessens perhaps the need for uh, you know, a strong backup. But the, the, the trick of that whole thing and what's sneaky scary about that whole thing is I don't care what kind of a physical f- uh, phenomena Derek Carr is, and he is, He's still just a play away from, um, you know, getting hurt, and then all of a sudden you got to turn to that backup quarterback. And here's what I'll also add: the Raiders have high aspirations for themselves. They believe that they're a good team. They believe that there are lofty goals out there for them. And um, the sense that I get, uh, and this is probably true in every in, in every building, but uh, especially to me anyway, in, in this one. They're not going to let the marginal things, they're not going to let the things that maybe not everybody is paying attention to right now um, end up being the reason that uh, uh, their goals are denied them. So they're taking a look at every spot on this roster from backup center to backup tackle to inside linebacker, whatever the case might be, right on down uh, to backup quarterback, and they're going to make it as strong as they possibly can. And if there are other options out there that are better than what they have on this roster right now, um, I think that they're going to pursue those. Uh, now, obviously, everybody has a budget, and that has to be taken into account. But if it's within the budget uh, and they feel like there is a uh, particular player out there that can offer uh, help at a position that they need to bolster up, um, I think they're going to go out and get that player. Vinny Monsignor is our guest as we open up the show, brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, PT's Fields the Monologue. So, Vinny, I'm wondering what you're thinking about June 1st, because the Edwards trade got me thinking. Okay, and we were thinking about Bradbury and maybe adding another player, a big-name player. And then I like when June 1st rolls around. You can walk our listeners through what happens to the cap, what happens that can benefit the Raiders financially. And then we start looking at players that are going to be cut or released, some proven names maybe that can come in, especially on the offensive line. Yeah, um, I would definitely keep an eye on that. But uh, I would also, um, you know, just to just to brush everybody up uh, on this subject. Yes, twenty million dollars is coming off the salary cap 
side of things, uh, June 2nd, all right? The contracts of Corey Littleton and Carl Nassib uh, officially come off the books, and that means their salary cap created, uh, $20 million worth. But that doesn't mean that there's $20 million left in the budget now or cash lying around to go spend on somebody. Those are two very different things. And I would urge people to go look at uh, spot track, let's just, let's just say that, or over the cap, and look at how much cash everybody's spending in the NFL. And if you look at that list, the Raiders are spending the 10th most cash in the NFL. It's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only about 6 or $7 million uh, behind what the Rams are spending in cash. And I say that to say everybody's got a budget. And so even though you'll see that there's $20 million in cap space created, it doesn't mean there's $20 million in cash that's been created to go now improve the roster. All that said, uh, I think there are some uh, interesting options still out there in the market. And as the, as, as the days go on and the months and weeks pass, uh, those players, their, their asking price is probably going to come down a little bit. Uh, and so I, I do think there's, there's some help out there. And I wouldn't even just say uh, on, the, on the open market, probably the trade market uh, as well. That's something to keep a, uh, an eye on. Uh, but it makes what's happening right now in these next couple of weeks so important because we talk all the time about installing a new offense, installing a new defense, conditioning, all the things that go on in OTAs. But one thing that's also going on is there's an evaluation process going on. And Dave Ziegler and his staff, Chap Kelly, Josh McDaniels and his staff, uh, they are scouring what they're seeing, uh, both through their eyeballs and back on film, uh, when they look at things, uh, you know, post-practice on, on the film. And they're looking at every player right now. And so um, they're, they're trying to determine, uh, are the answers to uh, where we want to go here right now on this however many guys are on the roster right now, 90 guys or so, uh, do we have enough players on this roster that we feel good going into training camp that once it's all pared down to 53, they're in the best possible position to go win a bunch of football games? Um, and, if, and, and so this next few weeks is going to determine that. So I wouldn't be surprised one way or another um, if after minicamp uh, ends next or a week or so, that they look at some positions and say, you know what, we need some bolstering, whether it's the offensive line uh, or the secondary or whatever the case might be, uh, that, that at that point they're seeing now, um, you know, uh, motivates them or is the catalyst to go out on the open market one way or another, trade, free agency, to go get some help at some But at a, some quick fo- a quick follow-up with that. Do they have to get another offensive lineman, a swing tackle that can play inside as, as an emergency-type player, or are they in an emergency situation now if everybody stays healthy, if one guy goes down, everybody can fill in a gap? I mean, I'm hearing around the league, this is a sense of urgency. There's got to be one more player on top of undrafted free agents and what they have already. One name, potentially, from a team that could get cut for salary purposes or gets beat out that the Raiders go, we got to be first to get him before three other teams line up. Uh, have to. I, I, maybe, I, I may not uh, qualify uh, okay. that, um, you know, to that extent, but probably, yes, I, I would say so. I think, I think if you're looking at a place where the Raiders uh, might be looking right now uh, and might be looking uh, at, at what happens on some other teams and also monitoring what's out there right now on the free agent market, I think, I think offensive line is an area that um, still needs some, some tinkering. Let's put it that way. All right, Vinny Bonsignor, as we wrap it up. Vinny, I know you had Peter King on, which is an unbelievable guess. What are you sensing your peers in the national media think of the Raiders right now? Peter King's a big name. He's always at camp, always great to visit with him every year. And, you know, you scour the headlines and around the league here. Generally, what are you hearing about the Raiders? 
Yeah, uh, Peter King just put out his uh, power rankings, and he's got them uh, 13th. I think ESPN uh, had had them at 13th uh, as well. That that seems to be the consensus among you know some of the uh, some of the people that do those types of things. Now, in talking to Peter King uh, though as well yesterday, one thing he pointed out was that there's still a ceiling there. 13 is where they're kind of starting and slotting. Uh, right now, but but uh, I think everyone's leaving room for a much higher ceiling for them. Uh, all that said, the AFC is difficult. The AFC West is treacherous, so they're going to have to navigate um, a, a difficult schedule, and that plays into it as well. Um, and that'll affect where they ultimately uh, end up. But there's no doubt that I think everybody that looks at this Raiders team probably has them slotted right around there. You could quibble on who's ahead of them or who's right behind them. Um, that's all great arguments. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I think there's a belief that while that might be where everyone sort of sees them right now, I don't think anybody would be surprised if they finished in that top ten uh, and maybe even a little bit higher uh, before it's all said and done. You're a journalist, but for the fans who are calling into your show, were they disappointed with the schedule in general? Uh, like who played when, when yeah, played all Yeah, just um, one, one national game on the very end and, you know, the early bye week and, and just everything in general about what they thought the schedule was on your show. I think that um, some fans would have liked to have seen more more national games, but I, but I will say this, I think the Raiders can into some more uh, uh, national games. You look at down the stretch, um, there, there's some games that jump out at you as um, potential national games, you know, uh, be uh, put into that Sunday night game or uh, a Saturday night, a prominent Saturday night window. Um, so that there's still room for that. They did get four national games, um, you know, national stages, obviously just one here in Las Vegas. I thought that was a little bit of, mm-hmm. of a surprise. I think, um, you know, if you just on the surface say, okay, well, the Raiders – First bye week or their their bye week is is uh, what week six after the first five games. I think mm-hmm. that might have been a head scratcher until you look at the schedule, uh, and then you realize who they play in those first five weeks. That's going to be a really really difficult stretch, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't freak out or be shocked if if the Raiders came out of that three and two uh, at that point, um, uh, going to the bye week, kind of regroup, uh, and then hit the next uh, uh, you know uh, part of that schedule. The rest of the, the schedule. Hard because you know. Look, when you look at the Raiders, I'm not saying that they're going to be three and two. They could be four and one. They could be five and zero. Oh. They could be worse than three and two. We don't know. Um, but one thing about this team uh, that that I think they 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 kind of turned a corner on last year. They finished strong. Remember, everyone, this was dire straits uh, at one point. They lost a bunch of games in a row. They were trying to figure things out. They had a whole bunch of injuries. Darren Waller goes down. Uh, but then when it right got right down to it, and they had to win what their next their last four or five games. That's exactly what they did. We haven't seen the Raiders do that in a long time. Um, and so they, they sort of turned the corner there, and I think the focus is obviously week to week, play your best football, win as many games as possible, but also be playing your best football when you have to play your best football. And when you look at the Patriots and when you look at the great teams, that's usually into December and into January. And I think that that's what the focus is going to be as they uh, transition to a new coaching staff, both offensively and defensively, blend some new players in here, maybe use those first that first month or so to kind of get it all together and then position themselves to be playing their best football when it really counts. And put your NBA hat on for the last question because you cover the NBA so well. When you see the Warriors get to the Western Conference Finals and then the NBA Finals. And the fact that the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs 
and they tried to build the super team to compete against exactly the Warriors and the other super teams out there. Does it make it worse for the Lakers now to see the Warriors doing it after all those injuries as the Lakers are getting older and now they got to find a coach and it almost feels like they got to break it down again, Vinny? Well, I'll be. I'll, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to argue that on the on the other side um, because the Warriors, when they got hurt, they weren't in the playoffs. And I think the Lakers, if they take an honest look at themselves, they weren't healthy last year. Anthony Davis missed, I don't even know how many games. I don't even remember seeing him out there, to be honest with you. It's almost like a mirage. He missed a lot of games. If Anthony Davis stays healthy, and that's a big if, and maybe they're going to have to address that by moving on from him and bringing somebody in uh, that can give them more games and be out there more consistently and more available. But if I'm the Lakers, I'm looking at the Warriors saying, look, this is what the argument is. If we just get all of our players onto the court for on a consistent basis, this is possible. And it certainly, if you have a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and even with Russell Westbrook in there, and see what the new coaching staff can do with him or you move on from him. But if you get your core players on the court consistently, as the Warriors finally did again this year, anything is possible. And so that's how I would be looking at it if I was the Lakers. Yeah, they need to make some improvements and all that. But first and foremost, They need to get their coach in place, and they need to stay healthy. And if that happens, to me, they'll they'll be right here next year. But it's a big F because Anthony Davis in the last couple of years and throughout his career has shown that he um, has a problem staying healthy. Thanks, Vinny. Have a great weekend. What do you got coming up today? Yep. Uh, well, we, uh, we're going to be talking basically about the same thing uh, that, that you're talking about. There's a whole bunch of sound yesterday mm-hmm. uh, from players. I thought, Dil- I, I, I thought that um, uh, Denzel Perryman was kind of interesting yeah. uh, yesterday here from the inside linebacker. And he said something interesting. Hey, look, man, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to earn my, my pass to the, to the next step, which is, which is training camp as well. And, it, and hearing him say that, I think everybody understands in that building, nothing's guaranteed. And mm-hmm. it's a new staff taking a new look at things. And everybody has to earn their place, whether it's right now in OTAs or moving forward into training camp. Thanks, Vinny. Have a great weekend. You too, JT. Vinny Bonsignor, what a valuable asset here. Not only to Raider Nation Radio, the Las Vegas Review Journal, because he covers the Raiders and the NFL on a national level. Very good point about this. I didn't, I didn't hear a second of Mad Max because we were on the show. I had some after the show. I want to hear that later. But that is very humbling by Perryman. Went to the Pro Bowl last year. He was fantastic. And now he's competing again. And that's what we knew when this new regime came in. Everybody gets a clean slate. Everybody, other than the obvious four or five guys are competing for a position. That's how you get better. We're brought to you by meetupvegas.com. I got the meet hookup for you. What a deal. Go to meetupvegas.com, code word JT Brick. Las Vegas delivery this upcoming Thursday, Friday, and into next week after Memorial Day. JT, back with you on a Friday. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day is the exact date, my 26th year anniversary of being on the radio. Last year it was 25, and I'll be on Memorial Day on Sirius XM in between the barbecuing and having a good time. Welcome back. If you have anything you want to talk about from Josh McDaniels, Yesterday to Mad Max, to some of the other issues that are out there, uh, give us a call, 702-365-9200 as we continue here. And also the big Colin Kaepernick news of the week, which I don't know, I'm not calling it no news, but it was a big-time story because it got picked up nationally, and nationally every outlet in sports talked about it because of the real reason they should be talking about it is it opens the door 
for him to come back. Doesn't mean he's going to come back as a Raider, but it opens the door for him to come back potentially in the NFL as a quarterback. And most people I know are okay with that. There are a lot of triggered people politically who never want to see him play again and don't like him. Remember, he alienated millions, millions of people. And you don't have to agree with that or not. That's fact, not fiction. Millions of people have opinions on Colin Kaepernick. Some support him, some don't. But that's a lot of people. Those are a lot of people involved in all that. And the Raiders said, hey, we are willing to take a look at him if he can help the team. And I think that's what's going to happen. It was the same thing Mike Mayock said before that and what other people talked about, is the ability to get better at any point in time. Can you get better with a third-string quarterback? Can you get better with a second-string quarterback? Hell yeah. If your starting quarterback goes down, you better have a player who's ready to go and step up and play at a high level. And I think Kaepernick is one of those guys, not only for the Raiders, but around the league. Larry Kruger, longtime sports talk radio host, for years has covered the Niners, the Warriors, the Raiders, Bay Area stories, friend of the show, and he's kind enough to join us. Larry, great to talk to you again. Hope the summer's starting off well. Hey, JT. How you doing? Couldn't be better. I thought of you because of your years covering the Niners, and as you do that now on all your platforms, when you heard Colin Kaepernick work out with the Raiders, what crossed your mind? Well, um, a lot of things. One is, you know, is it true what so many people have said for years, that which is that he's being blackballed by the NFL? Or is this legitimate interest from a legitimate franchise that actually has sincere interest in having him be on the roster? I think I, I've always kind of questioned the sincerity because you know and I know that, you know, uh, high-profile uh backup and third quarterbacks are not real popular in the NFL among NFL people. So are the Raiders you know, legitimately interested, or is they, were they put up to it by the league? I mean, there's several thoughts that go through your mind. And then, then my second thought was, what kind of shape is Colin in? Can he still do it? He's probably in his mid-30s at this point. Yeah, when he played at his highest level, I just remember, I don't know exactly the date, but when he made that run in Green Bay and faked out Clay Matthews and ran the pistol to the end zone, and I said, you know, we all talk about Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. At his best, and you were there covering the team, how great of a player was he the year of the Super Bowl? I personally think they would have won the Super Bowl if they had just let Kaepernick run it in from the five and yeah. throwing fades to Crabtree, to be honest, and how, how things would have been different if he had actually won that game, I wonder sometimes. I mean, he was a high-level player as far as arm strength, foot speed, toughness. Um, I think he was a pretty good leader uh, for that offense. But then we just didn't see the progression. He didn't get better. He actually got worse. Um, and several of the struggles that he had to just complete the short stuff and the intermediate stuff, you know, those those issues remained, and and his QBR declined three years in a row, um, and teams started defending him differently. They started dropping into short zones and just reading his eyes, and he's got a little bit of an elongated delivery. Mm-hmm. And once that happened in Arizona, he threw two pick sixes to start that game. I don't know that he recovered from that. Larry Kruger is our guest, longtime Bay Area sports talk host. Larry, when when he left there, the, the Jim Harbaugh connection was big, and Jim Harbaugh was tied to the Raiders. As you know, his first job in the NFL was under Al Davis with the Raiders, and I just thought that they would be fit together if Jim Harbaugh came back, and Jim Harbaugh gave him that work. 
at Michigan uh, on a different topic tied to Kaepernick. Were you surprised that Harbaugh didn't get a job when his name was out there? He's a hell of a coach, considering a lot of other guys who are getting first-time shots out there. And if Harbaugh got a head coaching job, I think Kaepernick's a lock to be a backup quarterback. I am surprised. I mean, Harbaugh's 44-19-1 or something like that yeah. as, the, as an NFL head coach. And not only that, he's respected by the coaching community. So I think one of the most underrated aspects of Jim's success as a coach, both professionally and collegiately, is, is the staff that he's able to put around him. He gets outstanding coaches to coach for him and with him. So, yeah, I was surprised. Um, you know, he does... It did kind of run its course here in San Francisco. I mean, if you talk to the Dante Whitners of the world, they'll tell you, hey, there's still great respect for Harbaugh. But I think some of the rah-rah, who's got it better than us stuff, wore off a little bit as mm-hmm. time went on. Uh, that last year was very, I don't know how united that team really was uh, when they finished 500 in this final year. Maybe he, Maybe, you know, the message burns out in the NFL when you get the same players over and over as opposed to college when you're kind of the czar of the entire program and, and guys graduate after a few years. So I think in some ways he's more ideally fitted for the college game because of that. But, I mean, it's undeniable that he gets a lot out of his coaching, uh, out of his players, and, and he attracts great coaches. Larry Kruger, as we wrap it up, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Warriors last night. It felt like afterwards the TNT after show with Steph and Draymond, it felt like the NBA Finals. I mean, the area around the dog patch, the new arena compared to them being in Oakland, now Clay's back, they're healthy, they don't have Durant, they just slaughtered Dallas in a game that they had to. What's the buzz like up there now? It sure feels like an NBA championship, another one's on deck. Well, that's the hope, but I'll say this. I think the Celtics are really tough, and they've played them really tough. And if it winds up being Boston, I think that could be a very, very tough matchup. Um, Golden State's getting healthier, though, and they're getting Gary Payton back, who's one of the greatest on-ball defenders I think the league's seen in recent years. That's going to help against a Celtic team that really struggles to handle the basketball. They really don't have a primary ball handler. I mean, Marcus Smart is their point. I mean, I'm not... Not sure who their primary ball handler is, but I can tell you Gary Payton the second will give that guy fits. So yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot of a lot of enthusiasm for sure. There's a lot of belief that the Warriors, you know, are doing it the right way uh, because they have they had their championship window. They went with the youth route. They didn't sell out for one big trade for a Bradley deal. So there's enthusiasm that not just. Are they in it this year and have a great chance to win it this year, but that their window is reopened and that they may have a four or five year mm-hmm. run here with their second group or their, their second core of young players. Excellent, Larry. Tell us where we can get your YouTube show, which I've seen, which is fantastic, what you're doing on Spotify. You got a lot of listeners here on Raider Nation Radio that stream us from the Bay Area. Where can we find you? JT, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, if you go to um, YouTube, just type in the Krug Show, and um, we do post game on the Giants, the Niners, the Warriors. I do live streams with a number of different people on all three major sports. And and uh, if you're a Bay Area sports fan and you like talking Bay Area sports, you'll love the Krug Show because that's pretty much what we do. You got it, Larry. I'll talk to you throughout the summer. Thanks for doing this. You got it. There he is, Larry Kruger. Longtime friend. We shared the same agent for two decades and a very good sports talk host. Wanted him to talk about Kaepernick, the fall off of Kaepernick.
when he fell off and how good he was when he was a great player. He was a great player in this league. That's a good legacy. Again, everybody's freaking out over how many Super Bowls, how many years. No, you make it to the NFL. You win an NFC championship. You play in the Super Bowl. That is great. But Kaepernick hasn't played in a long time. And how will he look going forward? I don't know. I have no idea. Last night, I did my first ever Twitter space. Will you go on Twitter? And my, it was unbelievable. Damon, you're laughing. My son set it up. My son took over all my social media. He's home. He's studying sports marketing. He says, Dad, come on, man. We got to clean this up. So he went into my Twitter, my Facebook, starting all this. And last night after the game, I went on Twitter. If you go to Twitter space, all you have to do is follow me, at JT the Brick. And, Damon, it's a live interactive show. I'm taking calls. People are talking to me live. They don't have to wait on hold. Have you done that? Yes, of course. And so it's funny to me. You're like, I did a Twitter space. It's like, never, yeah. Never knew it existed. It's so good for fan bases where after a game, you can just ran rave. I remember after Raider games, I was hopping in some. But it's just so fun. Like, maybe even after a loss or a win, go in a Raider space, a Warrior space, whatever team you want to mm. follow. And just listen to people rant and rave about the team. After a loss, some of those Raiders spaces were like, guys, the world's not falling. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so much entertainment. Well, you know, on Friday, I have my bucket of Modellos. I reward myself with a bucket of Modellos. My son wants me to do a Twitter space tonight. So follow me on Twitter at JT the Brick after the Heat and the Celtics. So I, ha- I might have to limit my cervezas at the pool today. As mom and dad here in town. Hey, coming up next, the Mad Max replay. I didn't hear it, so listen along. He's the face of defense now in the NFL. Mad Max, what he had to say yesterday, a baby on board, which is great. We got a lot to say on that. A Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Raiders, and my good friend Bill Schoening, voice of the Spurs, next hour. I'm here on a Friday. You be here with me. 702-365-9200. Getty. JT back with you. Hope you have a great weekend. Have a great Memorial Day, everybody. Be careful on the road. Be careful driving. No drinking and driving. Be responsible out there. Be great this weekend. Celebrate Memorial Day. Yesterday, Mad Max Crosby met the media after OTAs. Vinny Bonsignor, who just joined us, asked the first question. Max, uh, you're going to be your, your fourth year. It's a different coaching staff. Um, so it's kind of a different vibe for you. What, what's been the... Your impressions of the changes and, and how you guys are going about your business? Um, you know, just having having a different environment um, is, is always exciting. You know, uh, the coaches, you know, since day one they got in here, um, they've had an awesome, you know, vision for this team. And, you know, we're just all fired up, having fun and, and flying around out there. How important is, are the off-season workouts here with new systems going in on both sides of the ball? Yeah, it's super important. I think um, this is the time of the year where, um, you know, you're getting reps. Constantly, you know, you're getting uh, new looks at everything. So we're just trying to get more comfortable, um, learn the playbook, and just uh, improve every single day. Max, you guys have gotten a chance to start working with Patrick Graham, and uh, he's known for being multiple up front. Uh, now that you've got the chance to, to work in it for a little bit, how can I got, help you guys, you know, keep opposing offenses on edge, being able to switch back and forth between fronts and give them different looks? Yeah, you know, Coach Graham is a, is a great coach. Um, he's very, um, very straightforward with what he, what he wants. Um, got a lot of confidence and you know I feel like that um, you know where's it, it it passes down to the players so um, just having them out there learning from them um, has been awesome and I think the guys have responded really well so we're just you know trying to improve and, and learn every single day. There's a lot of new players in that defensive line room obviously you haven't had a lot of time together on the field but just talk about how that group's coming together would you please? Yeah you know uh, 
a lot of new faces, like you said, um, but it's exciting. You know, obviously having Chandler on the other side, having Bilal, you know, a bunch of bunch of new faces. Andrew Billings um, goes on and on. Kyle Pecco, there's there's a, there's a ton of new guys, but um, everybody's got a great um, a great attitude, you know, towards towards learning. You know, at the end of the day, we're all here for the same reason. We're here to win football games. So, um, regardless who's you know who's out there, we got to be on the same page and and all be flying to the ball. So, um, yeah, we're off to a good start, I think. Max, breaking in Chandler Jones, how much do you think he helps, or how much has he already helped in turning you into the elite emerging pass rusher that you're already becoming? Um, you know, Chandler's been incredible. You know, since I got here, um, he's a he's a great leader. Um, I think he's going to year 11 now. Um, he's got over 100 plus sacks. Um, so I'm constantly asking him questions. Um, the cool thing about Chandler is like. He's one of the most humble dudes I've met. Um, he's super, you know, super humble for the things he's done. You know, he, he asks me stuff all the time, and I'm like, it throws me off because, you know, I, I look at his career, and that's something that I, I, I aspire to do. You know, um, he, he's, he's been incredible, you know, since day one, and um, he's definitely somebody I look up to. You guys have a couple of uh, intensive conversations about UFC. I know you. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the most random things ever. We <laughs> we sit in the locker room um, before meetings start, like 6.30 in the morning, and, you know, the conversations go everywhere. So, um, yeah, you know, he's he's, just, he's a great dude to have in the locker room for sure. I know we've talked about the 3-4 scheme and what your position is, putting your hand on the ground and rushing a passer, but is there a possibility that that might expand a little bit in, in this scheme? Um, I'm not sure yet. You know, I'm just... I, you know, I, I come with a positive attitude every day. Um, you know, coach is going to put me, you know, where they want me to, you know, where they want me to rush, where they want me to, you know, defend the run. And, you know, I'm looking forward to help the team in, in any way I can. Max, what do you think of the Raiders bringing in Colin Kaepernick for a workout? Um, honestly, I don't, I don't know much about that. Um, you know, I, I'm worried about the guys that are here right now. Um, so that's, that's really all I have on that. You picked the programming for NFL Network the other day. Uh, yeah. You put the Broncos game last year. Yeah. I mean, there's reasons I think that game was important to a lot of people. Why was it important to you? Um, just looking back, it was just, uh, I think it was a special game for the whole organization. You know, obviously there was a lot going on. Um, you know, Rich was, it was Rich's first game as a head coach. Um, a lot of adversity, um, and we just responded. Um, so I know defensively we had a we had a fun day out there, so thought I would uh, throw that throw that out there again. <laughs> More guys, appreciate you running programming for us. When um, when you talk about the way that you're used, how important is your feedback in that? When you come in and you have your positive attitude, do you get a chance to get feedback and how you're used and how and how you go about things? Yeah, you know, we we have a ton of conversations, but um, at the end of the day, like you know, like I told them, I'm I'm here to help the team. So wherever they want me, um, I'll be you know ready ready to do it. So. Yeah, you know, just just learning, you know, learning every single day and just being ready for whatever they throw at me. Max, for you, um, what excites you the most about being a father or about becoming a father later this year? Um, honestly, I think about it every single every single day. Um, it fires me up, um, gets me more motivation. Um, obviously, having a little girl, you know, I, I got a big heart, um, so I know she's gonna be spoiled and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun for sure. The steps that you're taking with your family this year, that, is that giving you a different perspective on football or reframe football? Or just how just how is that trying to change your thinking as you continue to mature here? Um, you know, I try not to think too far in the future, too far in the past. I just, every single day, you know, something new I got, got on my plate. So I'm um, just trying to maximize my 24 hours and try to improve. Um, 
regardless if it's off the field, you know, in the house with my, you know, my dogs, my, my child, whatever, whatever it is, I'm trying to, you know, do the, do my best. And, um, you know, obviously having a kid on the way, like, um, I can't even, can't even tell you how excited I am. Um, I know my family is, my mom calls me like every day asking, <laughs> asking, you know, what do you need? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's all good. We're, we're going to be fine. But yeah, you know, it's just, it's super exciting. It's nothing but a blessing. And, um, Definitely looking forward to you know having her here. Ray Texas involved with the wedding planning. Sorry, what was that? How, how much is Ray Chavy involved in the wedding in the wedding planning now that you're engaged? Oh yeah, you know she she sent me like thirty different pictures today of some of some place that we're looking at. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit involved. You know I want to I <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I'm, I don't determine everything, but uh, at the end of the day, you know I just. I share my two cents, you know, I have a few specific things that I'm like, okay, we need this, this, and you can, you can have fun with the rest. So yeah, you know, we're, uh, we're going to make it happen. It'll be fun. Actually from Texas, uh, there was obviously a big tragedy uh, this week. Any thoughts on what happened in your home state? Yeah, it's just, you know, it's sad, you know, obviously it's, it's a horrible tragedy, um, especially anything with children. Um, you know, it hits home for everybody. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, I just, Obviously, you know, being from Texas, I know a bunch of families are affected. Um, it won't ever be the same again. So, uh, you know, I just want to send out my prayers um, to every family affected by it. And, uh, you know, that's really all I can say about it. Max, like when I covered you at Eastern, you were just a guy that just worked every day. Now you got your new contract. Changed your life. Are you able to step back and just appreciate how far you've come? Or are you just in the moment and that's not right now? Um, yeah, you know, like you said, when I was at Eastern, I was a guy that worked every day. And, um, I just, you know, I feel like that hasn't changed. Um, obviously it's amazing. It's a big blessing. You know, it takes a lot of stress off of, you know, not only myself, but my family and a lot of, you know, people around me. But at the end of the day, um, I have a job to do. Um, and I have a responsibility to, you know, the fa- not only the fan base, but the organization, um, to be the best player, um, I could possibly be and help us get to where we want to go. So, yeah, you know, I, Obviously, it's it's a, a huge bonus, you know, of, of playing a game and being taken care of financially. But at the end of the day, um, I just try to be the best best player and best role model I could be. With the new coaching staff, we talk about you know, different schemes and that sort of thing. But how different is like a day, like a meeting, a practice? Like how different are things? Um, you know, every time like when you when you get new coaches, like I've had, I think it's my third D line coach in four years. So there's always changes. Um, in college, it was the same thing. I had three different D-line coaches in four years. So it's like when you're first going into it, you don't really know what to expect. Um, you got, you know, you get a little anxious. You don't know what, you know, your routine is getting thrown off a little bit. But it's just like anything else. You know, you just go in um, with a positive attitude and, um, you know, put your best foot forward, say, you know, stay positive. And for me, if I just put my head down, work, um, I know I'll be able to get through it and, and you know, take it. Uh, get a positive result out of it. So it's been incredible, you know, obviously learning um, to practice a little bit different. But at the end of the day, up front, you know, we just we got to do our job, get home and, and be disruptive. So I'm definitely looking forward to doing that. You had to pick one word just to describe uh, your first impressions of Patrick Graham so far. What would that be? Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> Put me on the spot. Um, I would just say... Um, you know, one word. I'd say intelligent. Um, he knows the game of football very well, um, and that's, that's really apparent. And everybody, everybody feels that for sure. Is Dirk going to be the ring bearer? 
He might be. He'll, he, you know, the, the dogs will definitely be present at the wedding. There's, there's no question. They got to be. Get some three-piece suits on them. Have a good time. You have a cameo? Will you grab the, the steel from the DJ and rock the mic at all? I don't know yet. You know, that's the, that might be a more like in the moment type of thing, but we'll see. We'll see. You never know what's going to happen. Any more wedding questions? <laughs> Uh, appreciate you guys. All right, that's Mad Max from yesterday. Uh, a critical component to the Raiders going forward. Uh, you have to find a player like him in the fourth round, 106 pick, now a perennial future pro bowler, already made it to the pro bowl, a cornerstone to this franchise. With that, with him now, you don't have to find the next Mad Max. You bring in Chandler Jones. Then you get other players because you give Max the extension. He's a leader, he's a great player, and he can get you to a championship. If you don't have him, and again, I look at the former regime, give him credit for finding him and finding a guy now who fits perfectly with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and where this franchise is going. When the Raiders win a championship, it's going to be because Max Crosby has another big year and he makes big plays in the postseason. He's a cornerstone piece, which the Raiders have to have. And I've been covering this team a long time. And the people before me, you Raider fans, go back to the legends of the game. Ted Hendricks, Otis Sistrunk, the legends who have played. Howie Long, Greg Townsend, in my opinion, is the most underrated Raider defensive lineman of all time. Great player. Super Bowl champ. These guys knew their role. Show up and play your ass off on game day. Lead in the community and help get other players to come here. What I think is going to be one of the, the most important points of Max going forward, he's going to be at all these Pro Bowls, and if they get rid of the Pro Bowl, they'll have these special skills events, whatever, and he's going to be talking to other players, recruiting them to Vegas, and saying, yeah, you got to come here. we got the best facility. we got the best stadium. we got Raider Nation. Look at the players who have played here. He gets it. He gets it, and that's really important. Happy, I didn't get a chance to hear that yesterday. I love that. That's what he does. He's a leader of this team, and there's a lot of leaders on this team, but he's becoming the face of the NFL as a defensive standout, and that's great to see here in Las Vegas. When we come back, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black. I love saying that, Harry Ruiz. And one of my great friends, Bill Sharning, a voice of the Spurs. As we take a look at what the Warriors did last night, Celtics and Heat, and everything that's happening over the weekend here. It's Memorial Day weekend. This is the flagship of the Silver and Black. Brought to you by Grimaldi's. The best pizza I've ever had. Four locations in the Valley. I go to Boca Park with Vince.